What is good, everybody? We are back for another week of Everyone Turns... No, wow, wrong podcast title. We're back with another episode of Operation Gun History. What's good, everybody? You thought because it's Thanksgiving, I wouldn't come with y'all with another episode? Because it was a holiday weekend, I wouldn't slave away at a computer editing and doing stuff and things? So y'all gonna have another episode? Well, you thought wrong. That is right. You are wrong. You know why? Because I love you and I want y'all to be entertained on your breaks, your holidays, your vacations, all the above. That is right. We are here. Operation Gun Against MSG 004. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get it. I honestly do not know where that intro came from. Just deal with it. Just go with it. I, I think it, it's fine. Y'all will be very impressed and, and again, very, very sports entertaining. But yeah, thank y'all once again for tuning in for another fun-filled action-packed Saturday. I'm your humble host, Jeff, or as y'all know me on the internets, interwebs, Foggy. Um... We're in this. I hope you had a good turkey day. I hope you, um, if you went shopping on Black Friday, you got what you needed and wanted and didn't cause a ruckus or pain to those poor people that had to work. And I hope ultimately you spent more time with your family and didn't actually celebrate because the pilgrims were some bitches. So anyway, let's get right into it, shall we? Housekeeping. That's right. You thought you thought something was up, but nope. Housekeeping. Once again, first and foremost, socials. Uh, hit the link in the description of the podcast. Follow the like button subscribe to the podcast share the podcast comment interacting with the podcast helps with visibility and with that brings more viewers and that hopefully brings in more opportunities for expansion and maybe a little bit of money but we don't do this for the money we do this for the fun of anime in gundam uh secondly hit my personal socials as well i've been streaming a lot more on twitch and just having a lot of fun on there it's all in that link down there and another gentle reminder about the listener support option for our spotify listeners that is right if you listen via spotify and you feel very generous and want to give me a little bit of cash money once a month, you have your options there. Hit the listener support button. Do it if you want to. If not, your 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 patronage of liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast is more than enough for me. And I think that's it. Let's go ahead and dive into episode uh, ten. Gama's fate. Alright, as this episode was called in that bump there, it's called Garma's Fate. Basically, just foreshadowing what's going to happen to him. Honestly, this episode is kind of a snoozer until, really, it happens? Get some very quick and concise character building where we're at this fancy dinner with Garma, and we can tell this is his swan song episode, not only because of the episode being titled Garma's Fate, but also everything is just kind of built around Garma in this sense. Garma's with his woman, Icelenia. Uh, after a confrontation with Shar, which I'm gonna put those clips in here. Romance on the front lines. <laughs> Same spoiled rich kid. He thinks a Xeon commander who's an heir to the Zabi family isn't good enough for his daughter? Yes. <laughs> with all due respect, it sounds just like your father. I don't care one bit about the problems between the Xeon and the Federation. The only thing I really care about is you. Nothing could stop me from loving you. Iselina. I want you. Even if I have to betray my own father, I want you. I can't afford to betray my father and Zeon. Listen, I have a good chance of capturing some important Federation secrets. Iselina, if I pull this off, my father won't come between us. Oh, Garma. If my father refuses to grant me my wish, then I will abandon Zeon. Oh, Garma. Hmm? Captain Garma! <gasps> what? Oh, am, am I... <laughs> what is it? Mm, it's about the Trojan horse, sir! It's now past the S3 point. What? Captain, if they break through our final defensive line, they would be able to escape easily into Federation airspace. <sighs> it's just as I planned. There's another defensive line yet. It's fine. I will head them off myself with a mobile squadron. Inform Commander Shar we're leaving. Mobilize! Sir! But, Karma. After I capture the Federation's new weapons, I will present them to my people, and at the same moment I will present you as my fiancé. <sighs> oh. 
So yeah, those are some long clips there, but that's kind of the real world building we have with what gets us from point A to B. We then cut to white base where white base is in the same general vicinity, but they're trying to really lay low and, and obviously dodge Xeon. Bright gets his plan. I was gonna say Bright gets the bright idea, but that's, yeah, let's not do that. Bright's plan is to hide in this stadium and have Gundam and crew be on standby, which there is some opposition there, which I'll show that clip right now, shall we? Uh, that thing directly in front of us. It looks like some kind of sports stadium, doesn't it? Yes, I see it here. All right, let's try to conceal White Base inside it. It should just fit. Why would you do that? White Base will shut down all operations once it makes a landing. We won't be detected. Then we'll keep an eye on them and wait for a chance to attack. Mr. Bright, huh? I disagree. If we try just to Amaro keep Amaro and Gundam, Kai and Gun Cannon, Ryu and Hayato stand by in the gun tank. We must not forget there are still many civilians aboard the White Base. Don't you forget, I'm a civilian too. All units to their post, on combat status one. Keep silent until further orders. Don't jeopardize our strategy. <laughs> what, patrol goons? You can't find the Trojan horse. Well, they haven't left the city. Try harder. You may be right. The most expedient way to flush a rat out of its nest is with a little bit of carpet bombing. Mm-hmm. Right. Prepare for roller shift bombardment. And commence bombing as soon as you're ready. Sir! That plan worked. Um, obviously, Amra was not 100% okay with that plan because Bright is not undermining him, but I think Bright is trying to put his hand down and be more firm as a leader. Because I think in previous episodes, he's shown and, and even verbally said that, yeah, Amro understands that his skill is really good, but he's not above, you know, command. He is a, a soldier. But Amro does get the dig in that I'm also a civilian, which is very true. But I would argue and push back with Amro that at this point in time, with how he pilots the Gundam and how many bodies he's caught in the last 10 episodes, he's no longer a civilian. He's a full-fledged soldier, if he likes it or not. And obviously he does not like it. That's pretty much White Base's plan. They go and hide in that football stadium and whatnot. We get this really bright flare that brings us into that moment as well. But then Char and the gang are on the chase. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They decide to carpet bomb the whole area, which, you know, whatever. We're already committing this many war crimes and all, already destroyed the city and whatever. What's another carpet bombing of a rundown place? You know, no, no big deal. While that's going on, we go back to this clip. Unfortunately, Icelandia has a very shitty father. Please, someone help me here, please. The young lady is... <sighs> Let go of my arm right now. You don't understand. <sighs> Miss, it's too dangerous for Miss, you to go out stop there. stop it. You cannot. Your father is summoning you. How dare you? Get out of my way. Miss! <sighs> no! I have somewhere I have to go. So get your stinking hands off me before I... Oh, I have nothing to say to my father. So the son of the Xeon leader wants to marry you. <sighs> You're my father, all right. But you can't deny me the freedom to choose. It's my life. I have the right to make decisions about my future. No, you don't! <laughs> Gentlemen, don't let her have the keys to the jet, understand? Uh -huh. As unfortunate as that is, I wish that things were not that way for her because she just wants to be in love with Garma, but their families will not allow it. And I think the thing that sucks the most about this part is that Garma is doing this just so he can announce that I'm gonna be in love with her. And if it doesn't work out, he says, I'm just gonna leave Xeon, which him leaving Xeon would have been the most character growth of all, because that means he finally was over having his family rule be over him and is finally over having his like legacy be defined by being a Zabi, which I think that would have been a cool moment as well. But Garma was kind of a rude house guest and overstayed his welcome, so he deserved everything he got, unfortunately. But yeah, we have Char and Garma going for one last ride as a family. I'm sorry, Fast and Furious fans, I had to slip that in there. Char is basically setting up Garma to fail. There's a couple clips I'm going to play here that's going to really dictate and show that Char is really masterminding this to where something will happen to Garma. It's not cool. Not Well... The sum is not cool, but for us that don't like Garma, it's fine. Well, has the Trojan horse come out? Sir, not yet. Still waiting. 
Where is it? What's going on? Captain, they're improving their tactics, so we'll have to be even smarter. Well, we'll have to go down to the surface and find it. Garma, wait. If you really want to take the risk, I'll go down there with my men instead. Would you really do it? Of course I will. You're my superior, Garma. Only for now. But you still serve under my elder brother, Dozel. I should go. You seem to be a bit more anxious than you should be. Try not to let your feelings for a woman make you careless. Please stay calm. <sighs> You're in charge. Yes, Captain. Feelings for Isolina troubling me? Silly. I am calm and collected. Somehow, deliberately misleading soldiers on my own side doesn't sit too well. Well, that mobile suit should have left the Trojan horse already. Good try. Wait a minute. Looks like you're trying to lure us out into the open. Which means that the Trojan horse must be right behind you. That's a pretty good strategy. I'll use it when I take revenge. I was waiting for you, Shar. The mobile suit is running away. The Trojan horse should be right up ahead. Hurry! I will, Shar. So yeah, Shar once again shown that he is a um he's he's terrible. He's a pretty pretty conniving human being. But let's cut to this nice cool music we got, which I don't think you've heard at this point in time. Two, one, fire! And of course, after the new music, Char finally, finally, I, which it's where he does this, but I guess it's a private channel. Char finally reveals that he set him up to fail the whole entire time. So here's another batch of clips that are going to really sum up this episode. Again, this episode is not really, it's not really vital to the pushing of the story. It's definitely a filler. If, if more than anything. In fact, I want to say episode 10 and 11 are both kind of fillers. So here's another block of clips for y'all to digest. That's right, I'll be gone for a couple minutes. <laughs> hey, Garma, do you read me? Blame this on the misfortune of your birth. What? Misfortune? That's right. Char, you're not saying that you were indeed a very good friend to me. Don't take it personally. You can thank your father for this. <laughs> Char, you... You double-crossed me, Char! I am a son of the zombie family, and I will go down in glory! You have not defeated me! Mr. Bright, enemy aircraft approaching. What? No, it can't be! A kamikaze attack! Mirai, let's go now! Hard ascend! Get us out of here, quick! Iselina. Father? Iselina Gama fell during battle. He's gone. of space colonies known as the Principality of Zeon is stationed on the other side of the moon. The tragic news of his youngest son reached Sovereign Zabi. Degwin Soto Zabi, 
The sovereign of Zion and father of Garma revealed his grief by dropping his cane before the messenger. There were no words to express his loss. The death heard around the galaxy is somehow Garma's obvious, which it makes sense because he is one of the, the heirs to the family. He is the kid. He's Dagwin's youngest son, so Dagwin takes it hard. Islenia got screwed over because she wanted to be with her love, which she would have died with him, which I'm sure she'd rather have died on the battlefield with him versus having this happen where he died alone, essentially. Garma tried to be honorable in death, but even then it didn't work out, which I guess that's a summation of his whole character is that there are a lot of nice ideas, a lot of nice thoughts, but never really fully implemented properly. And he tries to go run a ship in the white base and it just blows up before he gets there. So the guy couldn't even try to get a, a proper honorable death in, but Char Mastermind, that whole thing, man, like that's crazy. In summary for this episode, I think it's the first episode where we really didn't focus on white base as much, which is kind of, which is really cool. Char, once again, proving that he's a mastermind, master manipulator. He is the strategist behind everything and setting up Garma for failure, which he admit that they were friends and had some good talk and banter or whatever. But in the end, he wanted him to be gone and Char got his wish. That's enough for episode 10. We're going to go off to episode 11. <laughs> All right, as the episode claims, episode 11, Icelandia, Love Remains. Whole lot of action. Um, I feel like this is another one of those filler episodes where it was really to give a good moment at the end for Amuro and also a side story that wasn't just straight up Xeon fighting against the Federation. I appreciate what they attempted and I like it. It's as good as it could be for like a filler episode, I'd say. I'm not gonna harp too hard on this episode because a lot of it is characters that we're not gonna see ever again, but there are a few cool moments that we have in this episode. Without further ado, let's dive right in. We open up with obviously them being super sad because, especially Dagwin, because Garma was the youngest, Garma was his baby, and Garma is now dead. We're opening up with them mourning, and I'm not going to try to explain it too much, but here's the clip of the zombies in mourning. We cannot let Garma's death be in vain. It's a matter of honor and pride in upholding the family name. Garen. I just want Garma's passing to be... Excuse my interruption. Admiral Dozel and Lady Cassilia have arrived from the forward bases. Let them in. Father! You came quickly. Thank you. Father, all of us feel your grief. It is regrettable that Garma would fall before the Federation's mobile suit when he had such a promising career. Ah, it's a nightmare. I still don't believe it happened, Giran. I keep thinking Garma will walk through that door any minute. You won't win any battles, Dozel. Not by dwelling on the past like this, right? But it makes me angry. I was looking forward to him becoming an admiral one day. Someone who would give me orders. <sighs> yes, Dozel has heard it well. That's exactly why, Giran, we must pray for Garma's soul in a quiet and respectful manner that befits our grief. The family gets back together, Dozel's there, like... They, we come back to them later, but the atmosphere is different. We haven't seen Dagwin like this in a long time. Because, like I said, Dagwin loves Garma the most, and Garma was the child that he thought could be different than everybody else. And unfortunately, it's not the same. We got to go quote later, but we're not going to jump too far ahead. It, it's, it's pretty amazing that there's a huge jump from the origin city and how they designed this city and the artwork. And that's really cool that they kept everything relatively the same, except obviously in Gun of the Origin, it's updated to modern style, but it still looks like the same city that we know and love from 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 the original. And I, I appreciate them taking the time and effort to make sure that that is locked in. Now, we cut to Iceland and she's extremely sad. Her lover just died. And as we see in this clip, this guy tries to hit on her and then shows him all this stuff. Excuse me, I'm at your service, Missy Selena. <sighs> Missy Selena. By the way, miss, the other night of the party, I just couldn't help but stare at you the whole time. 
Well, what I really meant by that is, uh, all the officers present were awed by your beauty and grace. This is the suite that Captain Garmer used on official visits. This, this must surely be a time of great sorrow. But we can't let the Federation get away with it. Missy Selena, we will absolutely make them pay. Lieutenant Dorota. Miss? You have to help me. Can you let me on board the Gao, please? But, Missy Selena. <gasps> Let's meet the enemy who took away my Garma. I want to, <gasps> I want to see the faces of the people as we take our revenge. But, but that's... Yes, Lieutenant Dorota. Yeah, I don't know about you, but if my soon-to-be fiancé or wife or partner just died, don't open up with a with a line saying that you couldn't keep your eyes off me the other night, especially when my person was alive? Like, come on, man. That's a little disrespectful. Iselina deserved better than that. Iselina wants revenge. And as we see, we, we cut to some stuff at White Base, but White Base is super important right now. She wants revenge. And we're going to see that here. They're coming. Fire on the mobile suits. Mobile suits. They're the ones that are responsible for. Don't you worry. We will avenge the late Captain Garmin no matter what the cost, Missy Selena. Now, love makes you do a lot of dumb things, but I think if I were a civilian, I wouldn't be trying to go to war or a battle with people that just killed my, you know, lover, love interest. Ill-advised decision making right there, but love makes you do crazy, stupid things and, you know, it costs Garmin his life. And, uh, well, Iceline is on the way to join him. Watch the episode, you already understand, which, of course, you should be watching the episode. That is the point of you being here, is you are watching and engaging with the episode. The Federation have the upper hand because they know that they just took out a pretty, they got a pretty major victory. And they're on the offensive. They're basically cooking right now. They, they, they're, they're riding a high at the moment. And they're trying to take advantage of it. However, Shar sees this and recognizes that this is an opportunity for me to assert my dominance. Fighter planes? Don't we have any? Unfortunately not. After the last few battles with the Federation, I would estimate they're only... Huh? What's that? This is Shar. I'll give you a hand. Commander Shar, it's me, Lieutenant Dorota, formerly under Captain Garma's command. I don't care. Aim for the cockpit. The cockpit? The belly. The pilot is inside the Gundam's belly. Yes, sir. I will attack the Trojan horse myself. We're finally going to finish them off now. It's the least I can do since I couldn't save Garma. Or maybe they'll think it's my allegiance to Admiral Dozel. Either way, I can't lose. And so during all this fighting and stuff, they get a clean hit on White Base. They're, they they got a land, I make an emergency landing. Char obviously gets a clean hit, causes, them a cra causes that crash landing. Char lands come and collect. You know, whatever, he's trying to claim his territory, fine. These dumb civilians, I don't know what it is. There needs to be a handbook of like what not to do when you're in a war situation. These civilians have a death wish. And as we can see in this clip. Mirai, did we get any kind of emergency signal from no, them? No, and I haven't detected any unusual activity either, Bright. Bright! <gasps> Bright! Several of the refugees have left the ship, sir! What? We can't stand it anymore! We're getting out! Stop! Don't go! Huh? You must stay here! Getting off in a remote place like this really isn't safe! Don't do it! Come back! It isn't safe! The enemy may be somewhere around here! Come back where you still can! Is he on or after the white base and Gundam? So we'll be perfectly safe out here! It has nothing to do with us! That's right. We're only in trouble because we're still here. We must leave the white base. Let me out of here, Mr. Bright. And what are you going to do in a desert like this?
yeah, these people have a death wish, and you can't see in the podcast, obviously, because it's an audio podcast, but Shard takes out a couple of them, and honestly, why not? You you already got them. Like, that's <laughs> what you get. You, 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 you get smoked. They eventually push them off and get Shard to run away, but Sailor notices that that is her brother. Doesn't fully say it, but she recognizes that, oh, I know that person. This person looks familiar. That's kind of the end of that. We'll, we'll get more into that relationship later in a couple episodes from now. But damn, Shaw really did take out civilians, dog. Like, my man's ruthless. <laughs> like, I know he's a killer, but is he really got to be like that? White base gets repaired in record time. And then while this is going on, we cut to Zoom City, which we're going to see this clip to decide what happens to, you know, rallying around the fact that sure, Garma's dead. We got to use it to our advantage. Why is it? Wrong for the family to mourn Garma. It's enough. Father, we're at war right now. In order to strengthen the morale and allegiance of our people, there is nothing more appropriate than a state funeral. His royal blood means that Garma's loss does not concern him alone. It concerns the entire principality of Zeon. I would have to agree with Giran. First, we have to get rid of Shar. Punishing the one responsible for protecting our Garma would be an important symbol of respect to the people. You can deal with issues surrounding Shar's responsibility in your own jurisdiction. The important thing is the ritual that will honor the royal name of the Zabi family. Garma was a very popular figure among the people, Father. If we decide to hold an official state funeral in his name, it will stir up people's hatred toward the Federation and garner support for our war effort. Wouldn't that be a fitting tribute to honor him? Well, Father? Hmm. As for Shar, Dozo, relegate him elsewhere. Please listen, Father. As ruler of our nation, you... All right. So we know Shar's about to get sent away for failing at his job, which was protecting Garma at all costs. I think that it is an emotional decision because Shar is definitely an asset. I'm, I'm okay with it because Shar did not do his job, which we all know Shar can give a damn about doing his job properly and doing it correctly. He wants revenge and killing Garma is part of the plan. So here we are. But Iselenia is closing in with her and her crew and they start to put in that work, start smoking fools and what, not actually they're not putting in work. Let me track back, backtrack. Amuro and Hayato start clapping them. They jump on the ship. They start stabbing it and stuff and whatnot. They're like, oh, we got to shoot this thing off. And their plan doesn't work. Char essentially leaves in the hanging because he knows like, yeah, may as well. I mean, let me not let this, let me not get involved this time. We'll see in a clip after this. Actually, before we go to the clip, this clip is pretty long. So I'm going to play these two clips back to back, but we see the whole buildup and what happens. And then of course, Char's reaction to the whole thing. Ah, my shield is giving way. soldiers in the gal. Be careful. Right. Lieutenant Dorota! Lieutenant! 
take revenge for my love's honor. Take revenge on me? Hey, Dren. We'll tell them my mobile suit wasn't working. I'll make up some excuse like a burnt-out circuit or something like that. She did all that in an attempt to get revenge. Didn't even get revenge. And to top it all off, to top it all off, she comes out the, the whip to try to shoot Amuro and falls to her death. You know how unlucky you have to be to survive a plane crash? To then get out the plane and slip and die? Revenge is love, make you do crazy things. And she lost her life because, uh, yeah, she wanted revenge that bad. I honestly don't feel bad for her. She could have just went on living her life, but I don't feel bad for her. But the important thing about this episode is what happened next is that she wanted revenge and claimed it. That really, really caught Amro's attention. I wonder what the woman's name was. She wanted revenge against me. So yeah, she, Amro's kind of screwed up in the head now because she was saying she wanted revenge and he's like, what do you want revenge for? What are you talking about? Why do you want to kill me? She caught, she lost her life because of it. And that's kind of fucking up Amro. Like imagine going through all of this and Amro is aware at this point that he is killing people, but to watch somebody try to kill him face to face and slip to their death would mess me up too. We leave the episode of that freeze frame. And that's really it for episode 11. It's another like filler episode with just really one big character development in Amuro, but other than that, pretty much a snoozer of an episode. There's some cool action, some good action. You also watch it, of course, but all that really establishes that Amuro got to see somebody physically be mad and, and mention that they want to get revenge and puts a little more perspective on the whole war thing. Char's crafty, but we know Char's going to pay for his sin of letting Garma die, which... I think that's a constellation that Shar was already prepared for and totally okay with. But I'm not going to spend too much time on this episode because obviously it's off, we're off to episode 12. The Threat of Sion. I'll be returning to Zeon within the next two months, Father. So before then, you can expect a military triumph from me so that everyone will know that I've earned my promotion. After all, I don't want our people to accuse me of rising to the rank of Admiral just because I'm your son. Well then, I'm looking forward to seeing you very shortly, Father. Mm. Our people are waiting for you outside and you're still here. Mm. I do understand how you feel about Garma leaving us so soon. However, you must fulfill your royal obligation. It's your duty as the sovereign. I know that. like opening up with the clip of Degwin listening to that last voice message from Garma is pretty good and it's a heartwarming slash wrenching moment depending on how you depict it because this is hitting Degwin really really hard and you can tell that he's wearing that emotion and he he misses his son and that was his favorite his absolute favorite everybody else is kind of business as usual but that is his favorite child and he he's going to be real sad from the funeral we go and we get to meet our lovely couple of Ramba and Haman so, you said you found something interesting. I've discovered a warship we don't have listed, so I'm unable to classify it. Let's see. That Trojan horse, perhaps? Mm -hmm. Is this our chance to avenge Garma and earn Dozel Zabi's gratitude? Let's not rush it. Hmm? Their position is quite far from our base. We'll have to figure out if it's feasible to travel such a distance. 
The Zanzibar can certainly handle a long haul, but the rest of our fleet is only made up of puny re-entry capsules. Yes, I realize that. Mm. Then, dear, are you telling us that you're going to let them go? Hmm. I'm quite aware it is my duty to avenge Garma. I'm not going to ignore direct orders, that's for sure. Not when they come from Admiral Dozel. But we're right in the middle of an atmospheric re-entry, which will make it extremely difficult. Please be careful. Bauman, you hate the type of man who would let an enemy just walk away without lifting a finger to stop them. Those two have been together through thick and thin. I'm really glad that they stayed together post-Ramba gaining 120 pounds, but also all the drastic changes that have gone through his military career. Ramba's fighting this war not really because he wants to, but because he has no other option, because that's what the world is at this point in time. But Haman is still very supportive of him. And, you know, they might not really care too much about the war, but they're going to do their job to the best of their ability, at least. And that, that was a cute moment of them getting to meet them. But we shortly go to White Base soon after, and our boy Amaro is not in a good way. Making more repairs? Yeah. Amaro, <sighs> you seem very sad. Think so? What is that? Gundam's spare computer. Eat now, Amaro, before it gets cold. All right. Amaro, your brainwaves are low. Amaro, your brainwaves I'm are fine, low. I'm fine, Haro. Haro, don't disturb him. Come with me. I'll come pick up your dinner tray in a little while, all right? Yeah, she's right. I'll eat. <sighs> Islenia dying really put Amro in a chokehold. It sucks because... He's young and he's just not himself and he doesn't know how to process or deal with these emotions, which is visual, but you're gonna see plenty of times where it cuts and fades between different people and places and whatnot. And Amro just kind of second guessing and trying to process everything that's happened. So on top of the fatigue of being in war, he also has the image of this person wanted revenge and died in front of me. Like his first time seeing somebody die in front of him that was not in a suit. They were a human being at that point in time. It messed me up too, if I'm being completely honest. Our boy starts to eat. We go to the bridge and Bright is not having a good time, man. Here's a couple clips about Bright real quick. The number three nozzle of the main engine shows 2% loss on thrust, which will hinder us. And what would that be in absolute terms, Sailor? 40 tons. Why wasn't it properly maintained before it got to this condition? Well, there was no time and we had to keep using it. <laughs> this is a Federation ship, not a playground. Get out! Mr. Bright? We're only trying to help you guys out. We're not playing, so don't be mean to us. <laughs> Please check the number three nozzle for any damage. Mirai, I'm taking a break. I'm sorry. Carry on with your cleaning. Thank you. Enter. What is it? Uh, nothing. I think I know what you're going to say. Oh, I'll say it anyway. You always have to be the responsible one, don't you? Everyone's counting on you. I seriously doubt that. Huh? What is it? They look like Xeon re-entry capsules, but they seem much larger, so I can't be certain if there's some other type of vehicle. I'll be right there. I kind of feel for Bright because we're 12 episodes deep. We haven't really gotten established, like, what are days in this? But assuming that these are just days, maybe potentially weeks, Bright has been going, 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 going. And he is at his, his you know, wit's end for some things. And I know he didn't really mean to snap on the kids, but he's trying to be like, yo, we're in a war. You got to do stuff. This is a, a combat ship. But he has to find a balance. He's forced to find a balance between being a lieutenant, essentially, and also a leader for civilians. It's a very fine line he has to walk and, and, and live through. Mirai giving him that little pep talk is neat because it shows that people are in his corner. I think Bright's generally a good guy. He just doesn't know how to do stuff because he's kind of forced to grow up in a very short amount of time, which isn't necessarily fair to anybody. I don't envy his situation at all. After we get this moment with Bright and Mirai and the crew, we go back to the funeral where they kind of discuss what's going to happen with Char and then... Of course, the other schemer in the family, Cassilia, has her uh, moment in the sun.
has been done about Shar? Cassilia, I believe he's gone back home. Hasn't he, Dozel? Hmm. Really? Yes, right away. They sent Shar away, and Cassilia's like, oh, okay. And as we all know from the origin, which if you've been following the podcast this whole entire time, you would know Cassilia is a schemer and does her own ty- her own things. Therefore, she has a plan, and her secret service or whatever garb is going to go try to track down Shar, essentially, is what that means. Hopefully, we get to see what what comes into flourishing from that later down the road, which not hopefully we will. We're only... 12 episodes deep right now. It's a very small spot in the episode, but it sets up a lot of stuff for the future of the series. But here's a funny moment to break up the seriousness of the crew not knowing what the hell lightning is because they're in space. What's that, Rumble? What is it? It's a new Xeon weapon. Take Gundam and save us. The Federation has some kind of new super weapon, Lieutenant Rawl. Don't panic. It's a natural occurrence called lightning. Dear. I've seen it on Earth before, so there's nothing to worry about, my dear Haman. Although I understand it really does look frightening up close like this. Well, now that we all understand it's just a natural phenomenon, shall we continue our pursuit? I like that clip because it reminds us that these people are from space. They don't necessarily understand weather patterns, storms. They don't get this stuff in space. Therefore, they don't know how to react, and them cowering in fear of lightning, which, to be fair, some thunderstorms are pretty scary. Their natural reaction was, oh, this is a weapon. No, this is just a natural occurrence. This is Mother Nature's weapon. I had a moment with, with Ramba and Haman being uh, kind of cute together, but I'm not going to include that. That's kind of just wasting time, but Amuro was not in a good place. He is essentially forced into the mobile suit to go fight. What's going on? Look, Bright, the commsize are all leaving now. They're probably low on fuel, Mirai. This is our chance. Gundam and gun cannon, are you ready yet? The Zakus have just landed on the ground. Amuro's got battle fatigue. A lot of the rookies seem to get it, Mr. Bright. Get him going. There's no other way for us to defend against the Zakus. We need Gundam. Throw him in the fire, is that it? Amuro, sortie. Hey, we're launching. Amuro, we're about to launch. to launch. Do you hear me, Amuro? Oh, yeah, I, I do, yeah. I can't hear you! I'm launching, aren't I? Sayla, never mind. Just launch Gundam quickly now. You got it. Come on, Amuro, you can do it! Amuro's forced out and he's sent to go fight in a battle where he has no information and he's not mentally there. He's not mentally together. Also included with that is this isn't just a normal mobile suit he's fighting. Ramba's in the guff, which the guff is a bit different and powered up and has different tools. And I like how they made this big entrance for the guff. They really built it as being the new big bad and it's not just Char. He freaks out. I don't really have any clips about that because it's very visual, which once you watch the episode, you'll understand. But the fear and panic on his face and then getting the new suit and everybody's like, that's not a normal Zeon Zaku. You're right. It's the guff. It's new and improved, baby. Essentially what the guff is, which this is my loose definition and loose observation. It's an upgraded Zaku model that uses some elements of the Gundam as far as the stronger materials to make it and whatnot, but also advanced weaponry to where it should excel in combat. But what it is missing is it doesn't learn from battles like the Gundam does. Rambo just straight up kicks Amuro's ass. This is their first 
fight, and Amro's just getting bodied left and right, left and right, up, down. Luckily, the battle subsides. Rambo and crew leave because they realize that they can't destroy them right away, so they may as well just savor it and get this small victory. Amro goes back to the ship, and he's obviously just not not well together, but to wrap this episode up, I'm going to play this pretty long clip of Garen at his brother's funeral giving a speech rallying Zeon behind them. We have lost a hero to our glorious and noble cause, but does this foreshadow our defeat? No, it is a new beginning. Compared to Earth Federation, the national resources of Zeon are less than one-thirtieth of theirs. Despite this major difference, how is it that we've been able to fight the Federation for so long? It is because our goal in this war is a righteous one. This is Garmus' funeral. It's nothing more than a propaganda campaign aimed against the Federation. Amaral, you could learn a lot from this. Yes, sir. It's been over 50 years since the elite of Earth, consumed by greed, took control of the Earth Federation. We want our freedom. Never forget the times when the Federation has trampled us. We, the Principality of Zeon, have had a long and arduous struggle to achieve freedom for all citizens of our great nation. Our fight is sacred, our cause divine. My beloved brother Garma Zabi was sacrificed. Why? Because he was a spoiled brat. War is at a stalemate. Perhaps many of you have become complacent. Such a lack of compassion. Bartender. The Earth that one's on me. Our most cherished planet for their own if you don't mind. We must send them Royal a Guard? That obvious? It's the smell. You're one of Cassilia's. We have wasted too much time with words. <laughs> I'm we impressed, need action now. Commander. The Earthside elite must be taught a strong lesson for their evil corruption. This is only the beginning of I was so war. worried, Amaro. I'm really sorry I had you worried there. I'm feeling all right. You're doing just fine. Thanks so much. Many of your fathers and brothers have perished valiantly in the face of a contemptible enemy. We must never forget what the Federation has done to our people. My brother Garmazabi has shown us these virtues through his own valiant sacrifice. By focusing our anger and sorrow, we are finally in a position where victory is within our grasp. And once again, our most cherished nation will flourish. Victory is the greatest tribute we can pay those who sacrifice their lives for us. Rise, our people, rise! Take your sorrow and turn it into anger. Zeon thirsts for the strength of its people. Hail Zeon! Hail Zeon! Hail Zeon! Hail Zeon! Hail Zeon! Hail Zeon! Is this the enemy? Is it? What a bunch of nonsense. This man's trying to turn the Zabi family into a world dictatorship. Dictatorship? Total, total dictatorship right there. Um, which we all knew that. We all knew where this was headed. We we've all seen the signs back in Gundam Origin. We we we're not we're not caught off guard by this. Using that death to rally and try to pull in more support and forces is is a genius move. It's, it's what you do when you want to absolute power. I think the weird part, not the weird part. I think the audacity of him to call it their holy war in there, like you know, all the other stuff he put in that speech. It's so weird and bastardizing the original teaching of Xeon, man. Kind of feel bad for. Char and Sayla because what they really wanted was to have a peaceful separation of being their own people and understanding that they can become one in a, it within space and whatnot. But no, it's not going to happen. All in all, we finally got to see Amro go through some more turmoil. And I think that it's pretty cool that we're getting to see Amro's arc of like, I don't know what to do nor say or how to, comp to comprehend what's happening, which will probably continue later on in the series. But Introducing Ramba is cool because he's still a pretty lovable character. He's not so much a, a evil or heinous guy. He's just a guy doing a job of what I appreciate. But I don't want to keep y'all too much longer because I know y'all got to go eat those Thanksgiving leftovers, which we don't celebrate what Thanksgiving is in this household. We just like to get together with family and eat a bunch of food, copious amounts of food. So all in all, I give these this, this block of episodes, I give it like a solid like six to seven. A lot of filler. A lot of filler. Episode 12 was really the one that kind of pushes us to the next story beat. 
uh, which we will see in episode 13, which will come after you watch Mobile Suit Gundam 1. That is right, we're going to watch the recap movie that does put all a nice bow on this, and we'll talk about that later. But thank you once again for giving me your ears for however long this podcast is after it's edited. Um, I hope you're having a good holiday season, holiday with your family and whatnot, or your friends if you celebrate with your friends. Also, please be sure to hit the links in the description, follow the show, like the show, rate it, comment on it, share it with your friends, follow my socials, they're all in that one convenient link down there. I'll catch you on in a couple weeks, y'all be good to each other, and stay hydrated. Until next time, I'm out. tell me how I should do my job.